All he said to me was that he's trying to make sure that he heard me. Irregardless, I didn't think it was appropriate. Irregardless doesn't work. I don't think we can be friends. Welcome to Radio Irregardless, your non-standard blend of irrespective and regardless. Now please welcome to the Internet Airwaves. Really? Internet Airwaves? It's okay, you can just do it. It's just just say Internet Airwaves. It sounds really cool. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just not. Internet Airwaves. Okay then. Please welcome to the Internet Airwaves, Mark Scalia. And welcome to Radio Irregardless, your non-standard blend of irrespective and regardless. I'm your host, Mark Scalia, and I'm trying to have a good night. I'm trying. I'm having, as always, technical problems, but we will get through it. We will get through it because that's what we do every single Wednesday at 9 p.m. 8 Central. But there are three ways you can listen. The three ways you can listen is you can listen through my website, markscalia.com. And if you want to be part of the chat, all you got to do is click the stereo box you're listening to, that little speaker box, and it will shoot you right over to the broadcasting site, which is Mixler, M-I-X-L-R.com. And then you can sign in using a Facebook or Twitter password or uh, email address, I should say. And then you can be part of the chat. And we got a bunch of chatters on tonight, and they're starting to they're starting to shit already. And the third way you can listen is after the show is done, it is then edited for time and then uploaded to iTunes. So you can listen through your phone, you can listen through your tablet, you can listen to your computer, you can listen any way you want. But the best way to listen is listen live, because that's what we do. And I'm your host, Mark Scalia. So as every show starts, we start with the Happening Now monologue. Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened then? That's the When? Just now. We're at now now. Go back to then. When? Now. Now? Now. I can't. Why? We missed it. When? Just now. When will then be now? Soon. And so much has been going on in the week apart from each other. The Oscars were Sunday. And the Oscar goes to... One of these short animated films that my wife and I watch won. It's called The Bear Story, which was very good. What's this? Mark Rylance. Woo-hoo. Who's Mark Rylance? I don't know who Mark Rylance is. Should I go? Oh, he did The Bear Story. Oh, okay. He directed it. It was a good story. It was strange when you watched it because it, you know, it's animated, so you don't know what to make of it, and it's really sad. And then you're left with this uneasy feeling which I, those are the movies i gravitate to her anyway i just really i really uh, gravitate towards m- movies that make you feel slightly uncomfortable so that's what i do so but leo won finally for revenant and spotlight won for best picture what 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 i don't i don't get it see this is why i don't want to go to any award ceremonies and things like that i just think actors giving themselves awards that's just insane it's, and then, of course, it's all up for interpretation anyway. And the big thing this year, there were no black nominees, 
which you know i i understand i mean there aren't a lot of black movies a lot of black actors and a lot of black movies and maybe the some of the movies aren't good we've had this discussion before but like idris ilba for beast of a nation i guess that was a very good movie and of course the kid in creed and the director is black as well so and i heard nothing but good things about creed i heard it's phenomenal so that's the whole thing. But I was working that night. I was working at Oscar's Pinata, <laughs> which was funny. And I co-hosted the show. It was a lot of fun. It was a free form. We went really long, but we had a ton of fun. Speaking of having fun, Super Tuesday was yesterday. And did you know, it was huge. <laughs> it was huge. Donald Trump killing it. So now everybody is on his ass. Everybody who's afraid of him being president is now talking about the Donald doing this and and oh get it we and they're trying to badmouth him as much as possible and they're digging up everything and like everybody's like on his tail but he's like he's like a runaway freight train man you can't stop him he's just fucking going and Hillary's barely winning I mean like fifty what is it fifty two like forty seven percent or something like that I mean that's not a huge gap. I hate to say Hillary Clinton, huge gap in the same sentence, but I don't know. People are nervous. They think if it's Hillary, then Trump will win. If it's Bernie, then maybe Bernie's got a shot, but it's going to be interesting. Speaking of interesting, I'm having some dietary things again. I was on my diet and I lost all the weight last summer. And with the lack of fresh fruit where I live, because it is wintertime, I've been not on my fruit diet so i've been going back slowly and slowly back to the fruit diet so i got some gigs next week so uh, i'm gonna try to be really good for that so and speaking of that i'm booking a lot of work and doing a lot of traveling and a matter of fact you gotta hear this i just got an email on my phone there is a comedy club in calgary canada that wants me to headline the club which uh, nobody knows about this because it just happened. It says, hi, my name is blah, 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 and I'm with the Comedy Cave in Calgary, Calgary, <laughs> Calgary, Canada. Your name was recommended by one of our headlining comics. I'm wondering if you'd be interested in headlining the club anytime soon. The cave is celebrating its 13 years of laugh and seats roughly 150. It's a very intimate room with great crowds. Some of our roster's favorite include blah, 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 blah. So that was a huge thing just now, and it just happened. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. I may be uh, performing up in Calgary. So I've been booking a lot of work and a lot of travel. Uh, I'm going up to Canada again in a couple weeks, and then I've got another. I've got another stretch sometime in July, uh, and I may be performing out in California in a few months. And I just uh, trying to get down to Kentucky. We're doing. I think we're going to do our remote in a mid-April. So I'm traveling, moving. I'm I'm getting really inspired. I'm moving a lot of stuff. So I'm, I'm really excited. And uh, hopefully you guys can follow me. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, that's what I'm trying to do. Follow me on Twitter. It's Mark Scalia. I'm at Mark Scalia. So not a lot of people are at Mark Scalia, just me. I'm going to actually do something with you guys. And since it's kind of an Oscar theme, and my guest is an actor, and I think now he's venturing into the world of production, we're going to keep it very actor-driven this week by playing How Do You Take Direction. How do you take direction? This is a game where I play you a clip of a movie. First of all, it's really tricky because you have to guess the movie, but then you have to guess the director. So here's the first one. So you really think Autotron's going up? Well, I got it from a very good source. Ah! 
trouble, huh? You didn't hear it from me. <laughs> I know, it's so tricky. If it's visual, you'd get it immediately. You'd get it almost instantaneously. You really would. But this first one, it's so tricky. <laughs> I'll play it again. It's uh, I'll give you a hint. The woman who's screaming is actually Angie Dickinson. So you really think Autotron's going up? Well, I got it from a very good source. Double, huh? You didn't hear it from me. Yeah. And, and, and she's actually being killed in an elevator. And I'll give you a hint. The killer is not Merv Griffin. And you know something? It's not Barbarella. It's not. Angie Dickinson was not in Barbarella. You're thinking of Jane Fonda. But if you can guess the reference to my joke, that's even funnier. <laughs> the Merv Griffin is the elevator killer. <laughs> it's, oh my God, Paul got it with Dress to Kill, Brian De Palma. Here we go. I am a director. You got it right, my friend. But did you get my reference? Merv Griffin is the elevator killer. You're the elevator killer. Merv Griffith. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I've always just loved to kill. I've really enjoyed it. But then I got famous and just too hard for me. I mean, so many witnesses. I mean, everybody recognized me. I couldn't even lurk anymore. I'd hear, who's that lurking over there? Isn't that Merv Griffin? So I came to Europe to kill. And it's really worked out very well for me. Till now. <laughs> it's such a bizarre reference. I own the DVD of the movie. It's Steve Martin, the man with two brains. <laughs> anyway, that's the first one. Here's the second one. Shot right here in fucking Boston. Here we go. You got a thing for swans? Is this like a fetish? It's something like maybe we need to devote some time to? thought about what you said to me the other day about my painting. Stayed up half the night thinking about it. Something occurred to me. I fell into a deep, peaceful sleep and haven't thought about you since. <laughs> Karen said departed. Chris said goodwill hunting, and then Karen followed up with good, goodwill hunting. Chris, you are correct, but who is the director of goodwill hunting? Because that's the thing. It's not just guessing the movie, it's guessing the movie and the director. Paul may have it. I heard Matt Damon, it went right to departed. Kevin Smith. <laughs> Kevin Smith did not direct Goodwill Hunting because Silent Bob it wasn't him. Oh my God! Yes, Paul has got a second one. He said it was Goodwill Hunting with Gus Van Zant. I am a director. That is correct. And here's the last one. See if Paul can pull off the hat trick. There's no need for this, man. Let's just put our guns down and let's settle this with a fucking conversation. Joe, if you kill that man, you die next. Repeat, if you kill that man, you die next. Larry, we have been friends and you respect my dad and I respect you, but I will put fucking bullets right through your heart. You put that fucking gun down now. God damn you, Joe. Don't make me do this. Larry, stop pointing that fucking gun at my dad! Paul, 
pulls off the hat trick with Reservoir Dogs and Quentin Tarantino. I am a director. Paul is hot tonight. Perhaps he's off the medication. It's the drugs. <laughs> it is the drugs. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are done with that. We're going to take our first break. <laughs> You're in ma- I'm in major pain. Oh, so you can. It's Damon Wayans. Major pain. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Let's take our first break. And we come back from our first break. We're going to meet our guest, a very, very talented actor in the Boston area. Dave DeLillo will be joining us, and we're going to get to know him a little bit better after the break. You are listening to Radio Regardless. We'll be right back. The Arabic Weather Report is brought to you by V8. Make sure you pick up enough V8 for Ramadan. You don't want to say, oh, I could have jihad a V8. I hope you are enjoying this Arab spring. Temperatures will remain cool tonight and there will be no ISIS on the road (laughs) because it's too warm. But really, be careful. It's pretty dangerous out there. Tomorrow is Throwback Thursday where we all wish we were back in Palestine. This has been the Arabic Weather Report. Hey, this is Kyle Daly. You're listening to Radio Air Regardless with Mark Scalia. And if you think the show sucks now, you should hear what it's like before post-editing. And you're back at Radio Air Regardless with me, your host, Mark Scalia. And joining me via the phone this time, because we got some technical issues going on, Dave DeLillo, everybody. How are you, Dave? Good, man. What's happening? Technically sound, are we, Mark? Technically, technically sound. Yes, we're having a tech. I'm telling you, I've never had a technically perfect show. It's just never happened. But enough about the show. Let's talk about you, Dave. Dave DeLillo is an amazing actor from the Boston area. Not only is he an amazing actor, he actually works very closely with Open Theater Project. Are you producing with them now? No, I'm uh, just. I'm still one of their actors, and I'm helping them do some networking and uh, just kind of help steer the ship a little bit. They let me sweep the floor and take coffee and stuff. So. <laughs> Wait a minute. I made you sound important, and all of a sudden you just shit all over that. That was that was like perfect. I think he's producing. No, no, just getting coffee, sweeping the floor, not doing shit. Not, <laughs> not doing terrible. No, I'm part of the process. Uh, I am actually willing to produce Good. I'm actually bringing some, uh, some works to them, and... Uh, I think they're going to go with one of my ideas. It's going to be a big election piece in the fall. Um, I don't want to say too much about it, but it's local playwright, and I think it's going to be something special. So that, That'll be fantastic. And and for those of you who don't know, the OTP is a newer theater company in Boston. Are they three years now? Um, actually, we're going on five years, and we've got a home base at St. St. John's in uh, Jamaica Plain, and uh, they've been great. Oh, you and, guys! You guys moved out of the space that you did your original slam in. Right, right. Oh, okay. Well, the, the slams are always going to be at Boston Playwrights, but uh, for some OTP, you know, productions, we've got this space at uh, St. John's in Jamaica Plain, and uh, it's pretty cool. It's nice to have our own home venue, and nice. uh, we got some good stuff coming up. Yeah, you. Uh, matter of fact, the OTP is doing the Slam Boston at the Boston right. Playwrights Theater on March 22nd and 23rd at right. 8 p.m. And you guys are actually doing a stage... Re- now, for those of you who don't know, a stage reading is essentially you're reading a script on stage. Yeah. 
So these are stage reading, and you're doing it's uh, something. It's called Saul by Howard Zyber, is it? Howard Zilber. So Howard is uh, a local player here in Boston. He's um, also on the board of OTP, but we've done a couple of Howard's, Howard's works, and he's doing this as part of a fundraiser for the Solomon Schechter School. They've been a big uh, supporter to OTP, and uh, they're having a fundraiser, so Howard actually wrote this piece for this fundraiser. It's going to be a pretty cool piece. So uh, it's a stage reading. I think that's on April 10th. So uh, it's a Sunday night. And uh, I, I, I can tell you, it'll be well worth the trip. Well, I see, I like stage readings only for the fact that I don't have to memorize it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like I can memorize, but I love to have the script in my hand. The first stage reading I did, we were actually sitting in chairs and we all, and the director went, oh, I want you all in costume and, and this was the first time, so I had never done a stage reading before. I didn't know what to expect. And I was like, why are we in costume when we have the scripts in our hand? And then say, oh, well, the, we want the binders to be different colors. And okay. I, I was like, yeah, I mean, well, I did. I knew nothing about it. And it to me, it was kind of cool. I mean, I've done other st- Actually, I did a stage reading with my wife that was really, really fun and interesting. And we found some amazing pieces in it there. And and stuff like that. So I, I don't want to talk about my shit. I tell you, I, these people hear about me all the time. You, Dave. Now we've known each other for probably uh, it's got to be what three, four years now, at least four years. Yeah, at least four years. Mark. At least yeah. four years, because you were a member of uh, Emil's theater company, which exactly. which is he still doing that? No, uh, you know Emil had a child, so um, he gave he, it all up. <laughs> <laughs> he's got work, man. He's got to get a job. So he got a job. But yeah, we met through him, and um, you know, we met at the uh, at the comedy class. And um, I'll tell you, that was that was a great class. We had, you know, I we really had a good time. But you know, you were a good instructor too. You kind of took us through the whole stages and stuff. And uh, there's a lot to being funny. <laughs> there is a lot to being funny, and you wouldn't know it from this show. You just wouldn't. What a you. It was a great class, and uh, I'll tell you, it, it, for all of you people up here in uh, Radio Land, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> if you've ever had an inkling, take Mark's class. Thank you. Uh, or, yeah, just take Mark's class. I mean, it'll help you get the courage to go. But let me tell you something. When you're on that stage with that mic, Ugh. and everybody practice in Mark's class with a mic, and it's, uh, it's like no other feeling you can ever have. It's yep. awesome. Yeah. And have you done it since then? Oh, yeah. I made the brilliant career choice to try to do it at the Middle East in the front room. Okay. <laughs> it's like trying to do it in, in the bar in Chili's. Yes. People are screaming and hollering. They're not yep. paying attention to you at all. So they're like, oh, wow, you really had to be on purpose to uh uh, so I did it there, and then there's a place here in Donahue's. Uh, Donahue's. There's a place in Walton, Donahue's. So they have open mic nights. I think it was like every Monday night. So I actually did it a couple, there a couple of times, and then I did it for a meal. We did it at the at the Black Box, and um, actually you did like a Friday night session, and then I did a Saturday night session. And uh, I got like yeah, minutes. yeah, that I remember. So that was that was great. So I haven't done it for a while, um, but I tell you, I, I I love it. I really, really do love it. It's a lot of fun to do, 
and it's a lot of fun when it goes well. I mean, it's yeah, it's miserable when it's not. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> like Middle East. <laughs> How long have you been an actor? Only six years. I only started six years ago. Really? Uh, yeah. I didn't yeah. even know that. I thought I was like, oh, Dave's been, he's been an actor, you know, for a bunch of years, and then he decided he wanted to try stand up. So, <laughs> good yeah. for you, man. No, yeah, you know my uh, my now fiance Alina. Um, she immigrated from Poland. I don't know, twenty twenty five years ago. So, I mean, this woman has seen every movie on the planet from any country around, and she knows all the actors and stuff. <laughs> name an actor, name a movie. She can lead them. You know, <laughs> talk about you know European movies, Russian movies, French movies. Wow. So we see a lot of like movies. a walking IMDb. <laughs> Really incredible. So one day I'm like, you know, geez, I really wish I could do that. I want to do that for a living. That would be so awesome. So a couple of days later, she sends me this website. It's kind of like, you know, maps.com for actors. <laughs> you, you put your profile up, you pay 30 bucks and hope somebody calls you. Yeah. You can call somebody. So, all right, I made a little deal with myself. I'm going to throw a hundred bucks at this thing. I'm going to give it three months and I'm going to see what happens. And who do I meet through this but Emil Kramer? Yeah. Emil says, yeah, come on in. And uh, I auditioned for Emil. I didn't even know you can get monologues like online or anything. I wrote my own monologue. <laughs> and I go to the uh, audition. So he says, Emil, because you got a monologue? I go, yeah, I wrote it myself. He goes, what? <laughs> He goes, how long is it? I go, about 10 minutes. He goes, oh, well, I'm not going to listen to all 10. That's funny. <laughs> so I do some of it, and he goes, oh, that's pretty good. And I don't know, make a really long story short. He had me back like 100 times, and then he gave me one line in this play, and I was in the original fishnet.net.net. And it was this comedy that was written by a couple of local writers about uh, a spoof and a day in the world of high tech. And uh, I was the CEO. So Bill said to me, he goes, all right, you've never been on stage. You get a pretty good look. You can say that line pretty well. You've been there every rehearsal. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> so he had one line. I actually think it was two lines. And then he called me for something else. And one thing led to another. And I was like, I don't know, this is going pretty good. And then uh, I had done these auditions for BU. And they, you know, videotape you and stuff. And any actor could do it. So now you're in this library. So I get a call one day from this grad student at BU. She says, hey, I cast you and this woman in my film. Can you, are you free? Can you do it? Will you do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm just starting out. She goes, all right, I want you to read the actress. I want you to read the scene. Okay. So we get there. We're going to meet BU. And she hands us the scripts and she says, all right, here's the premise. You two are married. You, Dave, are the cheating husband and you've given your wife AIDS. What? She what? <laughs> There's some light reading. <laughs> so, so, and she's pretty upset. She just found out. <laughs> and improv, go. <laughs> <laughs> the actress looks at me, looks at her, and she goes, all right, I got to step out for a minute. She yeah. says, all right. She stepped out, and while she came in, she was hysterical, crying, real tears, the whole nine yards. <laughs> so I'm like, whoa, where the hell did you learn how to do that? 
What <laughs> <laughs> some of that? Was this was uh was that from a play or something or did was it just a? It was the um it was the scene to kind of get us together and it was going to be part of this oh okay movie that all right the grad student was making yeah because sometimes when you sometimes when you you go in for an audition they have you read something other than what you're doing and I can't uh, I can't yeah, stand no, that as a director everybody's like well you know do you want me to do a monologue and I'm like I fucking hate monologues I hate monologues the I re- do too I don't know what they should. I can't I can't stand monologues because it doesn't test your acting ability. It tests you to memorize and perform. I would like to know if you can be directed. Wouldn't you like to hear what how I'm gonna read the lines or act it or what's my interpretation of the actual play? Yeah. I mean that's why I mean when I when I teach film directing to students, I say have them read the script. Don't let them do a monologue. I said, don't right. let them do that. And it's probably because I have a bias against monologues from an actor's perspective, too. And you do something that somebody always does, or you do the most obscure thing that nobody's ever heard of. And it's, I'm going to be doing a scene from Eugene O'Neill. And it's like, oh, you and the other fucking four people in back of you and the five people in front of you. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to do something from Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. <laughs> yeah, I did that. I made that mistake one time. <laughs> <laughs> And it was from a war, for a war director, and you know, I didn't edit it. And uh, I went out in the hallway, and so she's talking to the artistic director. And the artistic director said, Wow, that was really good. She goes, It's too much swearing. He goes, Well, that's David Mammon. I mean, that's Glenn Glary, Glenn Rush. She goes, nah, I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's somebody else's work, you bonehead. <laughs> uh, anyway, sp- speaking speaking of monologues, we're going to take our second break, and in that break, you guys are going to actually hear Dave DeLillo do a monologue from one of the first plays I ever saw, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that when we come back from the break. It's from Our Wilderness, and we're going to talk a little bit more to Dave DeLillo when we come back. You are listening to Radio Regardless. <laughs> gives out Christmas presents in July. He was born 18 weeks early. He'll ask for the bill after given a menu. He once finished the Focus T25 workout in four minutes. He is the most impatient man in the world. I don't often watch movies, but when I do, it's in fast forward. Turkey and they have pounded cheddar. Hey, look, I just love listening to Mark Scalia's radio show and I love being on it, especially when I'm at the deli counter. So listen in and have a great time. Thank you for the cracked pepper turkey. That's good. Thank you. Richard, you're just at that age where it's perfectly natural to have certain desires, you know, pertaining to the opposite sex, certain natural temptations and certain natural desires. There is a class of women, some of them are very, very pretty, but now I'm, don't, I'm not encouraging you to go there and you'd be better if you'd avoid them, but 
if you can't, well, uh, well, here's what I'm trying at, Richard. Um, you've got to know how to, you know, I mean, there are ways and means. You've probably talked to the other boys and so forth, but I'm not an authority, and uh, I've never had anything to do with those other women, and you'd be a hell of a lot better off if you don't either. And you're back at Radio Where Regardless with me, your host, Mark Scalia. And that was a little bit of sampling from Dave DeLillo, still on the phone, doing a monologue from Ah Wilderness. So I said before the break, that was the first play I've ever seen. My family's always been into theater, but they've always done musical theater, which I'm not a big fan of musical theater because I'm like, either sing or talk. Don't do both. Why would you start singing in the middle of something heartbreaking or something? I, I, don't, I never got it. But Our Wilderness was the first play I've ever saw. And, oh, wow. Yeah, and it was... Do you remember remember the Jeffersons? Sure. Do you remember the white neighbor next door, the British guy? Yes, yes. He, yeah, he died recently, probably about four years ago, something like that. He was in Our Wilderness in Boston. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, wow. And this was years ago. I thought it was such a funny play that I actually... It was one of the first times I actually went out and bought the script because the internet wasn't born yet so i had to actually go out and buy a book what made you choose that monologue actually um my my coaching teacher my acting teacher i should say my coaching teacher my acting teacher had suggested that like once a year stage source has this citywide audition so she said this is a good one and she picked that one for me and uh she was right it was a good one. That was, and I haven't heard or seen that monologue for a long time. I gotta bring that one back. That's a good one. That is a good one. Yeah, I, it's it's a good play too. And it's uh, if yeah, I we, remember correctly, it's about it's about a young boy who's coming of age, and everybody's trying to give him advice about growing up and getting a job and women and all kinds of stuff. And doesn't he hook up with like an older woman, or he tries to? You know what, Mark? You know, I spent so much time at that point myself. Um, I know. My wife yeah, will probably yeah. type it in at some point, I'm sure. But, <laughs> but that's enough of that. So, so again, Dave DeLillo is on the phone with me. And if you want to follow him on Facebook, that's the only thing. He doesn't have a Twitter thing. He's too busy for Twitter, so go up yourself. It doesn't matter. But you can see him on Facebook. He's at Dave DeLillo. It's D-I-L-I-L-L-O. And if you want to see what he's doing with the Open Theater Project, we're OTP, that's at theopentheater.com. And uh, he's going to be doing a lot of stuff with them. And again, they're producing the Slam Boston. For those of you who don't know, I was involved in their first Slam Boston as a director. I had a, a, I had a really good time. And your play won, fucking yeah. Dave. That was the play I originally <laughs> wanted, too, by the way. That's it, it's so so what it is a slam Boston they have about five to ten or twelve plays and they're all short they're all under ten minutes and then what they do is they compete for the best play the best performed play and then everybody gets a little bit of money so it could be you know like yeah. fifty bucks each or twenty bucks each depending how many cast members and depending how many plays and I did oh I can't remember the name of play I did but. It was uh, about two guys. It was a, a racially charged play about two guys uh, having a conversation over a fence, which I really yeah. enjoyed. I really enjoyed uh, directing that. And the play you were in, with the, it was he was one of three kids, children that were going to be born. 
Right. And yeah, I think, yeah, you, yeah. And you, you were, you were the healthy, smart one. And the, <laughs> there was a, there was an artistic female. And right. then, then you had a, a triplet. And apparently he had no legs or anything, right? He was deformed. Yeah. 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 He was born. And, but you didn't know that the way it was and the way that the director kind of did it, which was really, I kind of saw a similar vision, but not exactly that same vision. So I got to give kudos to that director. But you all wore white bathrobes and almost overlaid on each other, right. which was really interesting. Like you were all in the womb before you're born. So and it was a really interesting play. And it, it did. It did great. It would. It made everybody. Everybody gasped when they went. Oh, no. Oh no, because there's a there's a nice turning point in it. So it's uh, have you done that play again? Or is, or is... no, no, that's a, that was a really good play. And, uh, Robbie D'Alessandro was a playwright, and Megan uh, Messel was the director, and she really did a great job. Both of them did really fantastic work. I, I thought all the plays, all the plays at the Slam were really good. I thought, yeah, oh, they were. They, you know, well, that's part of what. You know, with, uh, like, you know, when I'm not getting coffee and sweeping the floor for OTP, I, <laughs> I, I help read the plays, too. And, you know, as a committee, we, we help pick them and we sort of handicap them and stuff. And, uh, you know, some of them are like, ah, ah, ah. Yeah. <laughs> get to redress, send somebody over there. And then others are you know, like, wow, this is a really hard decision. Uh, you know, these are really good. So I think we probably have about 200 plays still in our library just kind of oh wow yeah have you you not picked you must have picked them all by now oh yeah for this for this session yeah right you know and i think i i think maybe in the future maybe next year i mean this year was very hectic for me but i'd like to direct more and directing for the otp was actually pretty good and the actors i got where i mean you know how it is it's like one of these things like the actors were really good but yeah. the problem is the directors were we we're almost fighting over them because there wasn't like i want this one i want this one and we negotiated pretty well but you know then we had to double up some actors and one actor even tripled up which yeah you know that's tough like when i work with uh the salem theater company one i've done it in the past We've doubled up one or two actors, but you know we didn't get a lot that year. I think it was the first year, so we were kind of fighting. You yeah. must, you must get way more actors now to audition. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's the good thing about how things are going. So you know, between all of us, you know, we're really promoting it, and you know, I'm, I'm kind of all over the city. I do, you know, if I'm not in a production, I'm auditioning for something, or you know, like so I've met a lot of people. I'm taking some do some classes and stuff, and. You know, you never know who you're going to meet, and it's good to kind of keep, you know, your skills up and refreshed. So, um, this, you know. This show is no reflection on me brushing up on my skills. Let's just put it that way. Uh, speaking of that, my uh, one of my friends, Paul, just said, neighbors talk over a fence, racially charged. It's called Boys in the Home Improvement. <laughs> so, speaking of some movies and things like that, did you watch the Oscars on Sunday? I did, yeah. I okay. watched Chris Rock's monologue, and I watched a bunch of it. Not all of it, but a bunch of it. Yeah, I heard his monologue was very good. I was working that night. I didn't get to see it. So here's what we're going to do, uh, Dave. We're going to play a quick game with you. We're going to play The Oscar Goes To. And The Oscar Goes To. That's right. 
We're going to play And the Oscar Goes To, where I'm going to ask you a series of questions about the Academy Awards. And here's the thing. You and I are speaking over the phone, so our conversation is virtually instantaneous. The listeners, however, are listening through the website, and they may be experiencing a internet delay, a lag, perhaps. So if you get the answer right before them, which is in all likelihood the case, you just tell me. That's your advantage. The disadvantage, there's more of them than of you. So here's the first one. Are you ready to play? See if we can do it. I am ready. All right, here we go. There were several movies that were musicals that won the Oscars. I have four. Name two. Um, My Fair Lady. Yes. And, and uh, The Sound of Music. The Sound of Music and My Fair Lady. That is correct. I would have also accepted West Side Story from 1961. 1964 is My Fair Lady. 1965, Sound of Music. Back-to-back wow. year for musicals. And then in 1968, Oliver. Mary Poppins? Did not win. No. So far, you have one correct. There were two directors that won two Oscars for their best films. If I give you the names of the films, you have to give me the director. All right? Okay. So, in 1992, it was Unforgiven. And then in 2004, it was Million Dollar Baby. Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood is correct. (laughs) Oh, Clint Eastwood. Yeah, my brother got it right as well. In 2006, it was Goodfellas, and then I believe it was 2000... I don't know what year it was, but The Departed. Okay. Uh, The Departed won an Oscar. It won in 2007. 2007, wow. Yes, it won in 2007, so that's what it is. So, let me start again. So, when I edit this, it'll sound like I knew what I was talking about. (laughs) Back-to-back years... 2006 and 2007, it was Goodfellas. Oh, no, I know what I did. I, you know something? Fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to say fuck it. Okay. Um, here's what we're going to do. One year back-to-back movies that won, the same actor starred in both movies back-to-back. In 2000 and in 2001, it was Gladiator that won in 2000. And in 2001, it was A Beautiful Mind. What actor starred in both those movies? Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. That is correct. You're doing all right. My brother said it was Russell Crowe. Paul said it was, yes, Tom Barry. Oh, Tom Barry's playing. Tom Barry used to act, too. Anyway, uh, let's see. 1943, which film won the Oscar? Heaven Can Wait or Casablanca? Heaven Can Wait. Oh, it was Casablanca one in 1943. Uh, yes, everybody's now saying Casablanca. That's what say. Oh, there's uh, there's Shelly Belly. I didn't realize Shelly Belly was on. All right, here we go. 1959, Ben Hur or the Diary of Anne Frank? Ben Hur. It's correct, Ben Hur. They were both comedies, by the way. <laughs> Pretty light, romantic. The only reason we keep you alive is to row this ship. Row well and you should live. Anyway, and that's from uh, Diary of Anne Frank, by the way. Uh, 1962, was it To Kill a Mockingbird or Lawrence of Arabia? 
kill a mockingbird. <laughs> no. Lawrence of Arabia. To kill a mockingbird. Imagine that going up. How bad does your life suck when you have a killer movie like To Kill a Mockingbird and you go up against Lawrence of Arabia? That's terrible. Why didn't you just wait a year to release the film? <laughs> All right, let's see. This would be interesting. Rocky or Rocky 2? Oh, God. <laughs> Both are giants. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with the original Rocky one. Oh, you get it right, but unfortunately, Tom Barry and Shelley got it before you, so you still get this. <laughs> oh, man. Even though you got it right. Yeah, I'll give you that anyway. Here we go. 1990. Is it Ghost or Dances with Wolves? Oh, Jesus. Dancing with Wolves. There we go. Let's, my brother said what that happened to Sam Jackson too when he didn't win the Academy for Snakes on a Plane. Stop it! My every week my brother wants Snakes in a Plane. He wants some reference to Snakes in a Plane. I swear to God, he gets like a quarter every time I mention Snakes in a Plane. No, Ghost, Ghost, Ghost is wrong, wrong, wrong. It's Dances with Wolves. And the final question, probably one of the most tricky ones, was it The Godfather or The Godfather Part Two? You know something? Paul get it right because it's a trick question. It's both. Oh, you Yes, because in 1972, The Godfather won, and then in 74, The Godfather won. So I was tricking you with the Rocky or the Rocky Two thing. And here's my, here's my view on The Godfather. I did not care for The Godfather. What? Did not care for The Godfather. How can you even say that, Dad? Didn't like, didn't like it. Peter, it's so good. It's this, like the perfect movie. I, this is what everyone always says. Whenever they say, oh, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino. I, I mean, you listen, never see Robert Duvall. I know. I, no, fine, fine actor. Did not like the movie. Why not? Did not. Couldn't get into it. Explain yourself. What didn't it, you like about it? It insists upon itself, Lois. <laughs> That's my. That's it's a long way to go for a bunch line, but it's one of my favorite things, and my wife loves that. It insists upon itself, Lois. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take our third and final break. We're going to get a little bit of Dave DeLillo's stand up, and I'm going to tabulate all those scores. When we come back, we're going to talk to Dave and ask him the questions I ask of all of my guests. Tell us about your first time. Tell us about your best time. Tell us about your worst time. We'll be right back. You're listening to Radio Regardless. Love food and wine? Get to know Salem Mass in a fun and delicious way. Join me on a Salem food tour. Our five-star rated walking tour gives guests the perfect opportunity to enjoy an afternoon with friends or co-workers. Great for locals and visitors, our tours book in advance and can be crafted for your special event. For more information on our tours and to make reservations, please visit us at SalemFoodTours.com. When I am in this section of the galaxy, I listen to Radio Irregardless with Mark Scalia. Exterminate! 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 I'd like to direct everybody's attention to my head. Yes, I am a naturally bald man. I started to lose my hair in my 20s. 
was kind of faked out for a while because it started from the back. So you know, I have a little hair to look at, comb it in the front. It wasn't until I started looking at some pictures and said, hey, who the hell's that bald guy in my clothes? <laughs> so now, as a bald man, I'm naturally curious about other bald men. The first group I call them the lazy guys. These are the guys that think having a bald head should be hidden. Like they kind of get their dicks out all the time. You know, they get the baseball caps on. You know, like Ron Howe and friggin' Opie. You know. <laughs> See him with the hat everywhere with the hat. Grow your hair back, go run a lawn, and you leave those edge ticks to us. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. You've been great. You're back at Radio Wear Regardless with me, your host, Mark Scalia. And that was a sampling of Dave DeLillo doing some stand-up. It's uh, it's fun. I love that bit, man. And it's longer. I had to chop it down, which sucks. I hate, I hate clipping it down. But Dave talks about his bald head. <laughs> He's talked about being bald. Do you still do that bit? I do, yeah. I nice. do. <laughs> Yeah, I had to I had to cut it and kind of move it, so I like I had to get to the end quicker. So I was like, I oh, should. But here's the thing, Dave. I tabulated all the scores. Out of nine questions, you got seven correct, which means you win. You win. Perfect. You did get Casablanca wrong, which I I don't know if that's even forgivable. I know. <laughs> and here's the thing: they did Heaven Can Wait, and they they remade Heaven Can Wait. They did Geely, and they redid Geely. <laughs> 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 they should not redo those. It's like, why would you? And if you've ever, if a movie's ever won an Oscar, it should never be remade. Would you agree with that yep. statement? I agree. I, I yeah. don't think you should ever even attempt it. Why would you do it? Yeah, it's it doesn't even make sense. Like, well, heaven can wait with Sean. With was it uh, Beatty? Which which Beatty was it? Yeah, not Ned Beatty. <laughs> Sam Beatty. Is it no? Which Beatty is it? What? Ned Beatty's the fat one. The the Dick Tracy one. Sean was it? Sean Beatty. No, Warren. Warren Beatty it was Sean Beatty. <laughs> Jimmy Just, Beatty. It was Jimmy. It was fucking Jimmy. Where's Warren Buffett? It was Warren Buffett. <laughs> and his brother Jimmy is <laughs> Jimmy Warren Buffett. They made a because they had a lot of money and some weed, and they made a movie about drinking. They made a movie about drinking, wasn't it? It wasn't even weed. That's what it was. Anyway, so you win. So Dave, before we let you go, a couple things. I again, I want to bring up the um, the OTP, the Open Theater Project. That you're producing this at Slam Boston, the Boston Playwrights Theater, on March 22nd and 23rd. Only like it's like. Yeah, 20 days my god it's my god march is already here and that's going to be both shows at eight o'clock and then a stage reading of saul by howard zilber on sunday april 10th so that's about a little over a month away and that's going to be on a sunday night at 7 30 p.m at the solomon is it Sch Schechter. 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 oh Schechter. 
It's all in the Schechter school. I'm not saying that again. I will t- t- I'll butcher it again. It, that's in uh, that's in Newton. I will tell you that. I will say that. Was it Ned Otis? Remember Otisburg? Yes, it was. No, that's Ned Beatty. That's it's a little tiny place. Otisburg. Miss Tessmarker has own place. Otisburg. I'll erase it. <laughs> that was that was that was. You know, everybody see people know him at that or squeal like a pig. That's how they know Ned Beatty. Yeah, you got a pretty mile. <laughs> so that's the only that's the two great Ned Beatty's. It's Otisburg or Pretty Mouth. <laughs> he's got much more than that amazing career, and that's what he's fucking remembered for. <laughs> he's he's used for being Lex Luthor's bitch or a, a, an Ozark bitch. That's. <laughs> He was. He was the. Oh, he was also in the toy. That's not a claim to fame. Even Richard Pryor's rolling over his grave, remembering he did that. Anyway, so uh, before we let you go, Dave, here's what I want to do. I want to ask you about your first time, your best time, and your worst time. Now, I think you told us about your first time on stage, which was a great story. So now we can go with the best and the worst. And always, you got to say the worst story last because it's probably the most entertaining story. To be honest with you. So tell us about your best time on stage and your worst time on stage. The best time on stage, um, I got picked to do uh, Sherry Levine for Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. And uh, that was an amazing character. It took me a hard time to uh, to kind of get, get get him out of my system. But um, mm. it was a great cast, and uh, I just, just had a ball. And it was a, just like... That last performance, when you know it's going to be over, really keep the gun in, and it was awesome. It was really, really awesome. My only problem with Mamet is that you can't change it. There's no interpretation. You have to do it the way it was written. Yeah. It's like Ikea instructions. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> there's no creativity. There's no artistic thing. It's, I mean, I understand that writers and actors and directors, we're all egomaniacs on some level. I understand that. But to then say you could never do it differently ever, there is no interpretation. There's only the way I told you to do it. That's just, that's megalomania right there. So did you get to do an interpretation? No. no. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> we couldn't even change. Yeah, I mean, you know, they were really sticking with about the words and everything. So. That's yeah. uh, that's just like you can't. What if you drop a line, man? It's like you can't. But when you when you do one of the mammoth plays, I got to say, it's amazingly rewarding, but it's exhausting after you're done. It is. It was just, it was a, such a great character and it was really draining. And, you know, he just, I, I was amazed at how much he had kind of jumped into my my subconscious. I mean, I yeah. found myself talking to him, talking like him. I was like, oh boy, this is really. So that's a great story that you, that's your best. Now, yeah. please tell us about the the polar opposite, the uh, worst story. And it could be anything. <laughs> worst director, worst play, wor- whatever. Could be anything. I love these stories. Tell me about your worst time. Well, there, it's character too. I think this is probably the worst. It actually happened during an audition. I um, went in and I was auditioning for a director I knew and I guess the assistant director, I'm not sure, but I knew one of them. Yeah, I knew one of them. So I did this um, kind of a really emotional, sad monologue. And as I'm doing the monologue, the person I don't know starts laughing. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm and I'm trying to just get all of this sad emotion on this fucking guy's laughing his ass off. <laughs> And he, obviously, I'm thrown. I'm like, <laughs> and the person who knows me is also thrown. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so I didn't get the part either. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. You, if you got the part, it wouldn't have been a bad story. It would have been a great story. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. It's like every David or Russell phone. You're like, is this supposed to be funny? And you're like, no, it's it's a no. dark comedy. <laughs> no, it's just dumb. <laughs> I just hate David or Russell. Anyway, oh god, what was what was? What, did you come in and do the monologue? Is that what you did? Yeah, okay. yeah. I come in. I did this monologue. I said it's, it was a really emotional, sad monologue, sad topic, and you know, I'm just trying to uh, be dramatic, and you know, I'm just making a fool out of myself. Obviously, <laughs> this guy was. <laughs> was just moral. No, actually, you were brilliant. You were brilliant. It was you, the interpretation was that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, was uh, not, not uh, what I was getting stoned for. Nice, funny stuff. <laughs> so now that we've heard the first best and worst story, and besides the uh, besides the OTP and the uh, and the slam and the stage reading and stuff like that, what else you got coming on? You involved in anything other than? The, are you doing something for the uh, for the OTP? Are you involved in the slam? No, um, I'll just be helping out, but uh, I won't be uh, in any of the any of the place this time around. So um, um, I'm auditioning quite a bit. I, I did get put into, uh, I did make an ensemble in Somerville. It's a, actually a sketch comedy uh, group, and they've got a, a radio, actually a TV show in uh, Somerville Cable. So it's uh, Box House Productions, and it's going to be uh, starting in the spring. It's 11 o'clock on Friday night. So um, these guys are uh, pretty funny. I mean, they're off the wall. So it's uh, it's pretty heavy stuff. <laughs> nice. Very, very funny. So I hope yeah. I, I hope that's fantastic for you. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I was a little concerned uh, about, you know, because obviously they're a lot younger and stuff. And they go, no, no, we need we need someone your age. And we got a lot of great ideas. And so it was great. It was probably one of the most fun auditions I've ever had. You know, it, it was all improv. Um and then he said, "Yeah, we're just going to start writing now." So, Fantastic! Yeah. And what's yeah. the name of that group? Do they have a website or something? It's called Mo- uh, what is it called again? Box 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 House Productions. Oh, Box House Productions. Right. Nice. Right. So we'll have to be on the lookout for that as well. So exactly. I'm on, uh, if I, I know I'm going to read it, something I'll, I'll post it, and hopefully you guys will like it. Yeah, and again, you can see him on Facebook. Follow him on Facebook. Uh, he's at Dave DeLillo. It's actually technically Dave DeLillo 3. I don't know why it's 3. I don't know how Facebook does that thing. But it's Dave DeLillo. It's D-A-V-E-D-I-L-I-L-L-O. Hey, Dave, thanks for being part of the show tonight, man. I really appreciate it. Great stories, and uh, I hope the slam goes very, very well for you and the reading and just everything, man. It's just, and I, hopefully we'll get to bump into each other again soon. Absolutely, Mark. This was great. I'll uh, nice. Let me know, man. This was awesome. I had a blast. Thank yeah. You. All right. Thanks, Dave. Hey, everybody. Here, Dave DeLillo, everybody. So funny. <laughs> he got this dramatic monologue. Got laughed at. <laughs> 
so funny. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, where am I going to be this week? And you're asking. Let's see. Friday night, I'll be back at the Billerica Elks telling some more jokes. It's another fundraiser. Saturday night, I've got some personal plans. I'm having colonoscopy. No, I'm actually, I'm having, I'm actually, uh, I'm off Saturday night, so I'm going to do some, some, uh, some fun friend things, which is social. I don't know how that's going to work. Now, next week, I'm going to be in Kingston, Ontario, so I might do a live show. But if not, I'll be back on March 16th with Joanne Britton, who's supposed to be on the show. If you want to be a guest to sponsor, email the show radioregardless at gmail.com, 978-219-9294. Hey, guys, we'll see you soon. This has been Radio Irregardless with Mark Scalia, your non-standard blend of irrespective listening and regardless enjoying. Radio Irregardless was written, directed, and produced by Mark Scalia and broadcast live via Mixler.com. I'd like to thank my on-air guests as well as all the online listeners for their comments. The Radio Irregardless theme, If Only I Had a Pen, was written and composed by Derek Dupuy. All music and audio clips used, property of their respective copyright owners. All material and content, property of MS Enterprises and copyrighted 2016. All rights reserved. Listen to previously aired episodes of Radio Irregardless by downloading from iTunes. Thank you for listening. I was making radio shows for fun. Hello, hello. I want to play.